the Wii was a big one for me too. Yeah, because it's full of fun. Okay, that was my first console ever. Super Mario Galaxy like blew my mind. That was like, this is gaming. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't mention I had the PlayStation too. Of course, I had shit games too. Mm-hmm. I had Rayman Arena, which is not a multiplayer or a single player game, but uh, yeah, I played it anyway. Uh, I had Lilo and Stitch on the original PlayStation. Mm. Uh, that game sucks. <laughs> um, I had the here's funny story. I had Beyblade that was also on the original PlayStation that I played on my PS2, and I was such a dipshit kid that in the game what you do is you just customize the Beyblade, and then it's like a simulation. You let them rip. Okay. And then they just do it. Yep. Kind of like real Beyblade. I was a dumbass kid, and I was like hitting my joystick, like trying to get my Beyblade to move every <laughs> time I played the game, and I was like, why the fuck doesn't this game work? I was like, maybe it's the controller, tried a different controller, didn't work, and then I was just like, after like... 10 times trying that I was just like ah, I like Beyblade but then I was like fuck this game that's how dumb I was as a what kid. did you have to do? What you, what you do is you just like you pick like your pieces for yep. the Beyblade yep. and then that's it you click start and then you watch oh and you were trying to control it? I was trying to control the Beyblade because I was like because <laughs> oh, when you're a kid like obviously that's what you want to do you don't want to like, like yeah. but, first of all it's kind of a bad design for a Beyblade game like let me hit something yeah. like let me click a button and then like Something shoots out and it gives damage to other Beyblade. Maybe the physics were too complex or something. Maybe. It's a PS1 game, to yeah. be fair. And it was like 2D graphics and then on that, when they would battle, they would just have like a little stage with the like crappy 3D rendered Beyblades. Yeah. That, you know what, that's that's how people come to hate gaming. <laughs> and they don't get that Wii and they don't get to play that Galaxy and they think, man, this is just a waste of time. Do they still make trash games like that? Like, do they come up with uh, a Law & Order Switch game? Not as much anymore, and I think it's because games cost more to develop. But, mm. like, you'll see, like, on, like, the PS2 or, like, even the Wii, like, movie tie-in games. Oh they just, they would just pop them out. Space Chimps game. B-movie on B- Wii. B-movie game. Yep. Like, Planet 51. Like, the worst the worst movies you even didn't like as a kid, those are getting games. <laughs> Profit, profit, profit. They're the worst games ever, of course. Lilo and Stitch is one of them. Now I think it's just too expensive. They don't do like movie tying games at all. Mm-hmm. They'll like time the release of like a Spider-Man game with a Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. but like they're not connected in that way. So it's it's kind of good in that regard that it's too expensive now to make to just dump all your garbage on the system. And those are just the most cynical cat. Yeah, that's the definition of a cash grab. Yeah. No, but there's no love in the B movie game. Oh, dude, you gotta play the B movie game. It's better than the movie. <laughs> oh, I can believe that certainly, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's 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 a better time. We living we're living in the best possible time now. Yeah, I'll have to acknowledge that. Game wise, yeah. Game Music wise, you just throw on Spotify or Apple, and boom, every song ever for uh, ten bucks. Like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> What did the artist get? <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> Let's go. And it's like, oh my god! Keep, back in the day with uh, Apple Music, when people were paying like a, a dollar to a song, fuck that. How many songs do you listen to? Do you listen to more than a hundred? Because that's a lot of money then. Before the internet, like, damn, people had to pay for things all the time. Yeah. Like one album, like equivalent to us, thirty to forty dollars. Yep. Drop that for an hour of music. That's like inconceivable. Now. Yeah. Like to buy a, a single, like two songs, like five, ten bucks. Mm hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> People like, I think it's outrageous to like buy like one dollar songs on iTunes. Yeah. People don't even buy that anymore. They just yeah. stream it. And that's crazy. And I guess you could pirate it. Like when tapes became a thing, then you could like 
yeah. before that. So like, shit, shit. Like, you weren't gonna make a vinyl pressing in your house. Yeah, unfortunately, not everyone had a pressing plant in their house. So you're either buying records or you're listening to the radio. <laughs> the radio fucking sucks. <laughs> we did a little tour of the radio today. And they give us a lot of great stuff to offer. We did listen to um, the final countdown, though. That's a good yeah, song. Yeah, the last 30 seconds of the final countdown. That was good. That was good. That was good. But yeah, going back to the Wii, that was that was my my first big console too. Cause like, and all I had was Wii Sports Resort and what other game did they get with it? I think Mario Kart. Mm. Played the crap out of those. Classic. Yeah. Wii Sports Resort, I, I never got to own, because I never got that Motion Plus, unfortunately. Do you get, like, the white Wii? Yeah, I got the Wii in, like, 2008, mm. which was only, like, a couple years after launch, and, yeah, I got the white Wii with Wii Sports, and then I got Super Mario Galaxy 2. The, not Super Mario Galaxy 2, Super yeah. Mario Galaxy as well. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a multiplayer, uh, so I got it in a haze, because... Kaylin and I played through New Super Mario Bros. Wii, and we like 100% it, found every secret and whatever, mm-hmm. beat it. It's like, oh, let's do another one. Let's get Super Mario Galaxy, like I've been, or Mario Galaxy, I've been mean to play this game forever. And God, I was like, oh, it's not even two player, what the fuck? And who wants to like take turns playing games no, together? No, it, it is two player, you just, you have to collect yeah. the, the star bits for them. That's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but like I guess back then they didn't know how to do two player for like a 3D Mario game especially one where like you're on p- globes so you yeah. can be on the opposite side at the same time I guess did they add a proper one in two no it's okay. still you're still pointing mm, fun <laughs> like I guess it would be like a lot more money I guess to have a two player or like it just would be hard like somebody blasts off like where mm-hmm. you go and mm-hmm. you know, it would be kind of screwy that way but uh that would be good. It would be nice if just every game had a two-player mode. I love couch gaming so much. It's, it's the best kind of game. Yep. Because, like, video games are, like, that logical step to just the board game. Yeah. And then that... Who wants to play a board game by themselves? <laughs> yeah, like, you can play solitaire, but yeah. that's when you're desperate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love... Yeah, it's the best. I still, to this day, I, I swear that it will happen... We will play Double Dash in all of its glory. On, um, you need like four GameCubes, yeah. four TVs, yeah. and I guess you can do 16 players? Mm-hmm. Or maybe, yeah, you do eight carts, 16 players, yeah. and then you have eight drivers and eight passengers. Could be chill. Could be very uh, chill. I want to do all of those, th- like, all the gaming things I never got to do as a kid. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to do that now. That- that double dash thing is something you read in like Nintendo Power. Though. Yeah. Like, did you know that yep. you can do this? And you're like, whoa. So, <laughs> so when you find out missing yo or mm-hmm. anything like that, yeah. If I was a kid during like Nintendo's heyday, I would 100% be subscribed to Nintendo Power. I I was, I had a couple of issues from like 2008. Okay. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, you know, I had the internet. <laughs> yeah. And the internet killed Nintendo Power. This episode is also dedicated to Nintendo Power, RIP. Uh, you lasted like 30 some years or like 20 uh, some. It was good. It was a good magazine. Miss you, RIP. It was good other than when they did This Game Really Stinks for Earthbound. And... <laughs> that was just Nintendo of America. They didn't know how to market a game. Yeah. 
it's hard to market a game like that that's kind of eccentric and strange to like kids in the 90s who are like whoa sonic the hedgehog coming in fast he's got cool shoes and a bad dude you know like how do you say like it's got this game's got pop culture references and uh, it's just kind of psychedelic uh, you walk around with four kids and you talk to people you defeat aliens doesn't even have that pokemon appeal of like in the commercials where you just have the monsters battling each other because you're like throwing your yo-yo at like a squid like a slime monster it doesn't make sense it's strange have you seen the pokemon commercial where they all gather into the bus yeah. and then it gets compacted they, we have that on the tv at work oh really yeah where like and they all go on the game boy mm -hmm. and then the bus driver's like ha, 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 he's playing on the game boy after yeah it's a classic commercial oh i love that one oh i miss old game commercials too they had a little pizzazz to them 90s commercials were just the best where every kid had a bad attitude they hated their parents they hated their annoying sister and they loved everything gross they loved gross things gaming yeah skateboarding yeah pizza pizza yep. pizza yep. and that was and they going to the arcade and also playing on the super nintendo and stuff like that the epitome of that i don't know if you've seen it is the commercial for uh, hey you pikachu I have seen that. Oh my god, that commercial sucks. Call homework. You guys are getting daily homework now, or weekly homework. Go watch the Hey You Pikachu TV advert. Um, you won't be disappointed. Maybe. <laughs> and then my sister wants in on the action oh, too. Oh man. Oh man. My mom's calling me for dinner. Ugh. Bye Pikachu. See, they had to do that for that game because that game is just like, Hey Pikachu, and the Pikachu goes, Hey, hi. <laughs> Pika, Pika, hi. And that's that's the game. And you just pay like an extra $20 for the microphone and you, that's it. Pokemon peaked with Crystal and it's just been downhill hey. since then. Well, it peaked again in uh, black and white. What about Heart Gold and Soul Silver? That's like, okay, you just remade a masterpiece <laughs> or you just like, yeah, like, okay. They, they took a great game and they made it more better. They just upped the, gra the graphics. Yeah, upped the graphics, got... You can feed your Pokemon, you can eggs, you know, all the cool stuff you want to do with your pocket monsters, you can do it. I will say, like, they haven't done it since, and it was so great in that game that they added the ability for your little Pokemon to walk beside you yeah. in the overworld, and their models were, like, kind of to scale, like, if it was a huge Pokemon, it would be bigger, and, like, if they were shiny, I'm pretty sure their shiny spray would also yeah. be on the overworld. Oh, that was sweet. And the Pokewalker... Oh, sweet. The Pokewalker, yeah. That uh, originated, though, in the best Pokemon game, Pokemon Yellow. With the with the Pokemon Pikachu device? No, with the Pokemon Walking. Oh! Yeah. I thought you were talking about the Pokemon walk, the no. Pokewalker. Do you know that, Pokemon Pikachu? No. What do you mean? I know I know Pikachu from Pokemon, the mega franchise. <laughs> yeah, they gave it the worst name ever. It was a device called Pokemon Pikachu. Okay. <laughs> And it was basically like a super mini Game Boy Tamagotchi style. Okay. And a little D-pad, A, B, everything, start and select. And it was a, I think it was a pedometer that would count your steps and Pikachu would walk with you and you interact with it in various ways and shit. Like a Tamagotchi kind of, basically, yeah. And there's a Gen 1, uh, which was not in color, and then a Gen 2, which was in color. Did they package those with the game or was that just I don't separate? Know. I don't know. 
but they're pretty cheap, and I want to I want to buy one before people on the internet find out that it's a thing. <laughs> like, we'll just take one famous person to mention that they're a thing, and then they'll be worth a lot. Logan Paul, please don't feature this on your channel. Please, I'm begging you, man. Oh, holy Christ. Get, everybody get your Tamagotchis while you can. It's it's hidden It's hidden the big time. Like Beanie Babies, man. That People don't want to admit it, but Logan Paul sh shook the Pokemon industry hard. Of course. Hard. Like, that's all it takes is, like, a famous guy going, like, wow. This nice. is cool. And then people are like, and then it's just has, it just reinvigorates the, yeah. the market, the industry, yeah. Like Pokemon, even the games, oh my god, $100, $200 for Emerald, fuck that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's like, that's COVID pricing, I'm hoping that goes down later, yeah. but yeah, the, you, you don't, don't get into buying Pokemon games right now, it's like the worst time to do it, wait six months and it'll be better. Isn't that kind of sad though, that like... COVID um, made people realize they like hobbies and, and doing things other than just working. Uh, it's sad, yeah, but yeah, like people need something to fill the time, and I guess, you know, we can only have so many hobbies, right? Yeah. And then once work is dropped, then hey, I can. I hope, they, I hope they'll keep it up. Yeah, I hope so too. That's, that sucks too, like just getting caught in something and dropping a hobby. Hobbies are fun. Matt and I started. Or I was in the middle of Matt started a model kit to, today. Yeah, Tim Burton's Batmobile. Nice. Eighty nine movie. Eighty nine movie. Bonus backdrop included. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Don't think so. Hmm. Hmm. How are you liking it? I like what I've done with it so far, which is not fuck it up. So that's the best thing I could say. Uh, it looks nice though. I think it's gonna be good when it's finished. I'll put that backdrop up. Nice shelf queen. Yeah, that's gonna be. No, I don't have a shelf actually. You know what would be a shelf queen? What? Criterion kind of eating Raul. Our movie for today. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that would be a shelf one. That'd go behind the Midnight Cowboy Criterion release, but it'd be there. Behind the Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Behind that too. Behind Brazil. Yeah. Princess Bride. Yeah. Robocop. That. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It's not the best movie ever. But it's not the worst. It w Like I said, it was a delightful surprise. Oh. Alright. Luke spun the wheel, you know. You know, haha, let me spin the wheel again. Let's yeah. watch a piss movie again. <laughs> watch the movie today. Hey, you know. It was a delightful little film. Alright. Look. We're, we're gambling, and you know most of the time you get burned, and sometimes you hit the jackpot. And this one, this was like a nice little cash prize that I can take the wife out for a nice dinner for. Yeah. Stop the show. I keep forgetting to mention this, and I've been forgetting to mention it every episode mm -hmm. since we did Galaxy Quest, and I need to do it before I forget. Okay. In, when we did the review of that movie, you asked who the kid actor was supposed to be a parody of. Mm. The black guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Will Wheaton. Right. Yeah. I just thought of that. Will like, Wheaton. Like, the week after we did that episode, I was like, shit, how could I be so foolish <laughs> on the air? Wesley Crusher, that's who they're parodying. Damn it. He's like half Wesley, half Jordy, because Jordy's yeah. black. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't look like him. 
Yeah. It, it was like Galaxy Quest came out in like ninety what was it, seven or ninety nine? Something like that. And then I guess was generation next gen still airing at that time? No. It was like from ninety it started in the nineties, right? No. It didn't? It's an eighties original classic? Mm-hmm. Are you confirming this? I am confirming it. Nineteen eighty seven to nineteen ninety four. Anyways, 
All these sex perverts try to get with her. Paul has enough. And he smacks one on the head with his trusty TF2 cast iron pan. And smashes him about eight times in the head. And then Mary tells him, Paul, uh, he's dead. You killed him. And they steal his cash and they say, hey, we can make some money off this. So they do. They, hire, uh, they, they lure swingers into their apartment, kill them, steal their money. It's kind of like a perverted Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a plot of the movie. Yep. I was looking through the trivia of this movie. Looking through, you know, the actors, what else they've been in. Paul Bartel was also in Death Race 2000 as some throwaway character. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Then I look again. He directed the movie. I was like, okay, what else has he directed? He did Death Race 2000 as well. I was like, what the fuck? Okay. He also wrote this movie, but he didn't write uh, Death Race. But I was like, okay, I have a crazy connection. And that's like one of the things that I love about in the show is just when we look through, you know, the cast of writers, directors, and we see we see how the the giant movie web looks, you know? Yeah. Tell them how uh, Mary is a welfare person in Dick Tracy. Big, big role there. Welfare person. Good movie, Dick Tracy. Calamity Jane and Death Race. Yeah. Death Race we reviewed earlier, and, uh, well, it was a little disappointing, but it had some... It had some... It had things to like, and there was some sharp mm-hmm. satirical stuff, and it was a little funny. Yeah. It just was a little uneven. Yeah, this movie I said to Matthew, it kind of uh, kind of seems like a proto Wes Anderson movie. The characters and their jobs are very quirky. Their last name is bland because they're very bland people. Mm-hmm. They're not promiscuous. Um, you know, Mary likes a little bit of hugging and kissing, but gosh, anything past that. They sleep on separate beds, like how kids do in sitcoms, <laughs> or like any couple bef- in a sitcom before like yeah. the sixties. I think. Yeah. yeah. And they have a little desk with the lights separating them. They get into their jammies. Their matching jammies. Isn't it funny how they used to just pretend people didn't have sex? Oh, yeah. Like, every couple watching it is sleeping in the same bed. Like, what was the point of that? Like, just it can't we can't talk about it? That's what it is? Yeah. It's so weird <laughs> to think about it in hindsight. That's so ridiculous. Well, it's like when they censor words on radio songs. And when you're, like, past the age... I don't even know. Let's whatever. Some low number. You start to realize. Wait, why are they blanking this word? Like, what's missing there? And then, like, you learn what swears are, and you're like, okay, there's like, like, when did you learn what swear words were? When did I learn what swear words? Were? Yeah, I, that's hard to say. Probably from my sister. You know what? I probably learned watching YouTube videos with my sister because when I was really young, I would just like how old? Like. Like, the first time, like, probably, like, six, five yeah. or six. who were they protecting? <sighs> think of the children, Lucas, okay? <laughs> Just think of them a little bit, okay? Do you want Do you want your kid to come home from school talking like a sailor? <laughs> Is that what you want? And then they go, you have a nice dinner party, and they and they say the, the B word and the P word and the G word and the C word? I wouldn't like that. I like my kid to be clean and develop a nice vocabulary and read comic books. And, you know, so maybe sometimes if he 
stubs his toe, he'll say, bam, pow, wop, something like that. <laughs> say some Batman sound effects? Yeah. Maybe. We don't need swearing. But yeah, they're very bland. They want to open up a restaurant, and that's uh, that's really the movie. What did uh, you think about it, man? A delightful little film. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clever. Yep. Um, it's... What's interesting about it is that the movie doesn't really have any particularly big failings. It's just kind of relatively unambitious. Yeah. Which is like just which is probably like just my biggest criticism of it. It has this kind of like um, it has a sort of bleak comedic bent to it. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a lot of dark comedy as you can imagine because they're killing people and there's like a rape attempted rape every t- ten minutes in the movie. They make that a running gag, and like, they do it in a. <laughs> they make rape so tasteful; it's unbelievable. No, but like, they make it so like it's not like it doesn't feel like traumatic, you know? Like, yeah. it's it's hard to explain. I, I it's hard to explain without um, having any women's associations come after me after the show. But it kind of works, okay? It kind of works in the in the context of the film. It's like satirical. It's a very tongue-in-cheek film. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where like, it it just has that quality, almost like Heather's, where it's yep. like it it's just all a farce and like they're all characters mm-hmm. and they're all just saying funny things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, performance-wise, it's a pretty decent job. Like, you won't recognize anybody in this movie probably, and there's probably a reason for that. Um, but like, I'd say like they pull their weight comedically at least paul and mary do i think mary is the best performance in this i think she does a great job Um, i I think all three of the cast are pretty including raul yeah who's uh oh who's he played by robert beltran who was also in star trek renegades star trek renegades well he was also in an actual star yes yeah in all of voyager yeah okay Star Trek Renegades. <laughs> Look up the trailer for that. Um, those who are still listening, listen to that or watch that trailer and just experience it. And just think of poor little Walter Koenig. He's 80 years old and they're making him still do that he looks Russian good. accent. He looks good though. He, no. Well, he looks better than Shadow. <laughs> That's all I can say. There's like something, there's this weird eerie effect when you watch a fan film where it just looks like shit and i don't know if it's like the lighting or the cameras they're using or but like it always looks like amateur it's interesting you say that because i was watching that trailer and i was like okay this looks like a fan film Mm -hmm. and i was like what is it and then i was just like thinking maybe the camera work maybe it's like i think i think it really is like the camera work well of course it's like just the way the picture looks right Mm -hmm. You guys ever watch Coronation Street on CBC? <laughs> and, well, okay, that, the reason that that shit looks uncanny is because it's, like, filmed at, like, 60 FPS, which yeah. you shouldn't do yeah. for film or television. Oh, it looks so it bad. It looks bad as hell. Yeah. Um, your homework, bonus homework, mail the BBC and say, stop putting out Coronation Street. <laughs> We've lived in tyranny for 60 years under the show. If I have to see another episode or even hear the theme song again, I will... There will be consequences. Anthony was the first person I knew that had a, like, a 60 FPS capable TV. And when he put on some of those shows, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. It 
just doesn't look right. Yeah, it's so smooth. It's so like uh, looks realer than real life. Yeah, and it's just uh, or more real than real life. I think they tried like doing, and I think infamously, I didn't watch the movies, admittedly, but The Hobbit had like a higher frame rate or something like that, and I think some people complained about that too. I don't remember that. I think it might have been like spe- certain like special viewings or something. Maybe no, I imagine sure. some shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. they would like up the frame rate by a certain amount and just keep it twenty four, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't touch it. Make it one eighty. One eighty FPS. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of heavy, man. What is? How many frames is life? There's a Vsauce video about that. Of how, how or uh, like um. How many frames per second we like perceive? Inter- yeah. How much is it? I forget. Is it? High? It's probably super high, right? No. What? I don't think so. Well, like higher. You look at a clock and it stays frozen for like a second. But there, I think for there's two a, seconds. I think there's like a Vsauce video about that. Yep. Maybe we yep. saw the same Vsauce video. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because people can tell, like with games, when it gets into like the higher FPS, they can distinguish, right? So it must look. Because if we weren't... It's like, a, like it has to be at least past like 250 or 300. It's gotta you be. think? That's what I'm... That would be my guess. Mm. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Nobody's here to correct me. It's just you. <laughs> you want me to fact check right now? Fact check it. How many frames we perceive life in? And in the meantime, I'll talk a little more about Raul. Uh, some experts will tell you that the human eye can see between 30 and 60 frames per second. Then... The gamers are just tripping. <laughs> Thirty to sixty? Yeah. No way. It has to yeah. be more than that. Twenty-four is the minimum for like not just seeing it as individual frames. Yeah, like for smooth, for it to be smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have okay. Here we go. We got a smarty pants on Reddit. I have done academic courses on cognitive neuroscience at the University of. Utrecht in the Netherlands. It all depends on the training a person has had. Fighter pilots have been recorded spotting one two hundred and fifty fifths of a frame. What? Yep. That's that's nutty. <laughs> hey, shout out! Hey, this episode is dedicated to all the pilots out there. Um, wait, which kind of Air Force pilots? Yeah. Defending our airways with your mega vision. How would they test that? I guess just have like a still image and then have one frame be off. Or? Yeah, and then I mean they have to see small things, right? Yeah. Because, you know. <laughs> um, two twenty FPS, and they could identify the aircraft. <laughs> Holy shit! Where do I get this training? How many games do I? How many ba- matches of Battlefield do I have to play to get this level? <laughs> Quite a few. More than 50% of the population will benefit greatly from what? From FPS of 45 plus. What does that mean? I I have no idea. I think I just read that out of context. (laughs) The average population would perceive about 45 frames per second. Okay. But on the other hand, you have 25% of the population who will perceive more than 60 frames per second, with extremes going to seeing temporal gaps of up to 2 milliseconds, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wish I. I'm gonna. I'm assuming I live. You know, I'm kind of such. I'm such a cinephile. I see. I kind of see life in 24 frames, mm-hmm. like always, like mm-hmm. just unconsciously. So, this movie. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the movie's so tasteful. It's so ta- It's such a tasteful film. 
the movie's pretty good. It's funny. Yeah. Um, it's like very dry humor. So it's one of those things where <laughs> it's one of those films where you, where you'll have a couple of laughs, some big smiles. It's not gonna <laughs> look. This is no airplane. Let me tell you. Okay. Enough of the airplane chilling, man. You're not gonna be pissing your pants, laughing, like crying, like that is that's in a league of its own. Well, by the end of the man. Okay, I you said something in the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes review that I disagree with. What did he say? And I didn't say it then, but I'll say it now. Okay. You said that like in Airplane you actually care about the characters. I do not. <laughs> and okay, I rescind that. Uh, <laughs> what was his arc? Like you want to ask out this girl and then he Okay, you know what? Like Big deal. <laughs> Big BFD, man. Okay, but the characters were memorable though. No! They I don't know his name. Ted. Hmm. I remember. Well, because I because I watch Airplane. I I'm an Airplane. I fan. watched Airplane, and yeah, the no, characters. You watched were... Airplane. I've seen Airplane. Okay, understand the difference. Yeah, I watched. Sure, I watched it. Um, the characters in there, they were nothing to write home about, and I did not care about them. And by the end of the movie, I was like, okay, yeah, that's a joke. That's a joke. Well, I beg to differ. Let's get on with it. I didn't say it then, but I'll say it to. You know, I gotta set the. Re- I'm setting the record straight this episode. Look, I mean, tell me that you weren't scared for Kareem Abdul Jabbar when you're watching Airplane, like man. I hope Who? That... <laughs> He's the black guy. He's the uh, violet. Big... Don't remember. This is not a good look for you. I, I, I just have to say, okay, we could have talked about this off air, but you chose on air. Fine, okay. Airplane review will be coming up soon, guys. Don't worry. It is coming. Spoilers: five bags, five out of five bags. Yeah, five. Yeah, you're right. Five out of five, I said. Oh, well, not right about that part. Okay. Let's get back to it. Okay. The movie, like Reggie said, is fun. It just works. The, like, like the humor's so dry. I mean, it's just so funny how, you know, like, satirizing male characters in movies who, like, just are always, like, hey, let's fuck. <laughs> um, like, there's so many... Any 60s or 50s movies, like, all the characters were just rapists. There's so many, like, and but by the end of the movie, the girl's, like, charmed and is in love with him. It's like every, every, um, Sean Connery Bond. Where yeah. He, like, uh, like, to pussy galore, he'll, like, suplex her into a bale of hay, and then he's like, haha, now let me kiss you. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I don't want to be kissed. And then it's like, oh, she let go, and then it cuts to black. So it was okay, it was consensual after he, like, a body slammed her to the ground and, you know, forced himself on her. And then it was okay. <laughs> like in in um, the original Wolfman, I remember the character just keeps, like, harassing this woman to go on a date with him. She's like, not interested, not interested. And then by the end of the movie, she's like, I love him. <laughs> he just harasses her the whole movie. I think it is, like, a kind of a parody of just, like, uh, just this kind of... Yeah? Thing. Yeah, just... I guess a rave culture. He's like, hey, baby, want to fuck you? <laughs> they live in this a complex uh, where there's like just a bunch of swinger parties happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in that way, it's like almost kind of a sex comedy, but it keeps it very low key. There's a little bit of nudity in this, but nothing too explicit. Yeah. Except the scene in the background involving a woman and a horse. Uh, don't worry about that until you watch the film. <laughs> Yeah, but there's like there's kissing in the background, but yeah. there's nothing like that crazy. Yeah, there's nothing. But yeah, I guess you could say that it's a sex comedy. It's no American Pie. Oh God! Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank heavens. <laughs>
Step Brothers. Is that a yeah. sex comedy? A raunchy comedy? It's a, ra- it's a raunchy late night comedy. That'd mm. definitely be in the late night comedy section in Netflix. I would say it has cult appeal. I, I, I mean, it did well, but everybody is quotable. Look, if it's quotable, just put it on the cults menu. Put it on the cop menu for today. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the humor's, the humor's great. Um, all the, the characters are all really stupid, but they don't overdo it because that's something that is very that's a fine line to walk yeah and like the way they do it like it's almost intelligent how stupid they make the characters like they're talking about how they have money problems and then in the middle of that uh, conversation a wine collector calls and Paul's talking to him and he, the the collector wants to buy some of his wine he's like like I'd ever part with a bottle like that and it's like they're just and then it's like okay so how do we make money <laughs> yeah and they do lots of stuff like that there's one scene that's so funny where um wendy is like t- saying her idea like let's let's uh kill them and steal their money or something or no no she says um, let's i'm gonna go to the bank and get a loan and then he's like what and then she said i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the bank to get a loan it's just like funny that they would add that like he doesn't hear her yeah like no other movie would would do that because repeating a line is really annoying. Yeah. Or like people fumble like they don't movie dialogue isn't realistic. Nobody like stutters or has to think about what they have to say. It's always direct and then to have them be like, huh? To <laughs> like something simple, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Aaron Sorkin, I mean, I love you, man, but like people don't talk like they do in the social network, you know. <laughs> I mean, I've never been to Harvard, so maybe they're all just like, boom, bam, bop, bop, bop. Quip, quip, quip. But those guys are, they're, they're whip smart, man. I can't, I can't keep up. It's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's got, it's got good jokes. Yeah. Um, it's got good dark humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that there's a lot of, <laughs> Luke and I were watching this movie, we we did a rewind a couple of times because there's like there's a lot of like voice gags in the background yes. like little conversations um like where this one guy is like hey baby can you give me your honest opinion of me and she's like you're a creep and he's <laughs> like all right let me rephrase that and then the rest of the movie continues there's a lot of good stuff like that there's a lot of good running gags in the movie uh <laughs> he kills people with a frying pan and all it takes is just one little whack and then they just are done yeah there's also the great gag and this is one of the most fun parts of the film where the whole shtick is that they put an ad up and it's for a dominatrix and mary's gonna be the dominatrix either naughty nancy or uh cruel cruel carl cruel carl yeah and basically they cater each they cater to each client yeah. based on their we do fet- everything based on their fetish yeah so in one scene you know they, they tie she's wearing like uh those uh, pigtails pigtails yeah. and they put up a nazi flag and they have this guy like do some nazi villain spiel Online. they have like this hippie come by and he they put on like strobe like psychedelic lights and she puts on you know like just hippie get up she's got incense burning the hippie and I had to look it up. I'm like, this guy looks familiar. I looked it up. He's in a Tim and Eric skit. If you've never seen it, more homework. Look up the Cinco phone. That's the Tim and Eric skit that mm-hmm. it's from. Mm-hmm. And like in in the Tim and Eric, they just have this fictitious company called Cinco, and they make all these just shitty products. Do they make cigarette juice? Yep. Nice. Um, 
that's part of the Cinco family of products. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> um, and they have the Cinco phone. It's just this big brick, and it ha only has one button. So if you want to call someone, if you have to do two, two, two hits, zero hits, do nothing. <laughs> uh, and it, it can't receive calls. It can only make calls. So if okay. everyone had them, you couldn't call anyone. Right. And every the battery to uh, to power the phone lasts one complete phone call. Okay, and then you buy a new one. So yeah, I, yeah, it's rechargeable. It just takes a day. <laughs> I mean, is it? Do they still make them or? Can I, pick I don't know. I that, that's an eBay Kijiji sort of. Yeah, I know. It's Facebook a grail. marketplace. A grail. Yeah. That's a grail. Uh, he plays a hippie and he's like um, he's probably the best extra he is he's like oh I'm peeking the music <laughs> this is really trippy <laughs> and then he pulls out a, he's like you want some of this Thai stick man <laughs> he wasn't even a real hippie he was just role playing yeah they're all just role playing at one point she has a Minnie Mouse costume it's a great reveal because you just see her and this guy running around you just see her shoes she's got these gaudy shoes on and then it zooms up and she's in the most nightmarish Minnie Mouse costume ever. <laughs> that, that's a, that's like one of the centerpieces of the film are these just scenarios they do with the swingers and they're yeah. all pretty funny. It all works and it's just one of those things where they just really have fun with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, there's a scene where, well, we should talk about Raul because we haven't even mentioned him. And he's in the title of the film. Yeah. So he, you see him in one quick scene at the, near the beginning of the movie I don't know if you remember that but you just see him sneaking out of an apartment holding a big mixing gear I don't think I saw that is that in the background or something yeah and that's that. after that's after Linda or not Linda what the fuck uh, Mary, Mary <laughs> and uh, Paul uh, come back from him selling wine and her going to the bank they come back and they pass Raul sneaking out but he comes by to their place, or he leaves on he leaves a note on Paul's car. Raul's lock service. He'll uh, put in new locks for twelve ninety five or whatever it was. Very very cheap. And they're like, you know what? We should probably get some good locks if we're going to be killing people for their money. Smart. Mm -hmm. So they're like, all right. They respond to his ad. He comes in, and he's like, no, that was the old price. You know, eight hundred dollars. We got to put bars up on the window. It's going to be ninety dollars for new. into it turns out he's a con man and he just sneaks into their house at night because he can get in he's trying to steal their money and their stuff and uh, they catch him and he says hey let's work together and we'll split everything profit for all of us and, and say okay and what's weird is that he says you guys take the money I'll just take the bodies yeah. and then he comes back with money and you don't know <laughs> what is going on but they don't question it they don't want to know so they say okay and they got their business up and off the ground I thought the reveal for that was going to be cooler than what it actually was. Okay, well, based on the title... Okay, should we get into spoilers? Yeah. Okay, it's it's a quick movie, guys. It's 80 minutes, so yeah. just watch it. Pause it and watch it if you really want to know. Um, I thought it was going to be some Sweeney Todd scenario. Because you remember, he, uh, Raul just frequents like this burger tortilla yep. place. Yep. I thought he was like just fell in with the guy. And, yep. it was, and it seemed to fit the tone of the movie, which is pretty... Dark and we don't know. Maybe he was, 
But well, well, maybe he was, but then they explicitly state later on that he's selling it to this dog food company. Yeah. And they're he, they're turning the body into dog food. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, assuming the title, I thought it would be, like, that would be the cannibalist yeah. twist. But yeah. it wasn't. Oh, well. It still works. It's still morbid uh, and kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> I thought what was going to happen was they were going to open up the restaurant halfway through the movie. And serve Raul. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they still do serve him, but I thought he was going to be, like, the first of many, and that was going to be the movie. Like, they were just yeah. going to sell more and more people for yeah for me. Yeah, I, I guess we could just say that at the end of the movie... Uh, yeah. Okay, well, we should... I'll say this. So what happens with Raul is that he gets involved with them, and then he also gets involved with Mary. Yeah. Because um, she doesn't have sex with Paul. So, you know, she's not getting it from him. She's got to get it somewhere else. So they have a little illicit thing going on. Uh, he gives her a couple of tokes, and then they they do it. Um, and then that's kind of like, I guess like in the third act of the film, that's kind of like what's preoccupying them. Yep. Paul sends this great character named Darla the Dominatrix. Doris. Damn it. Close. Doris the Dominatrix. Uh, she's in like an opening scene. She... After Paul takes this swinger that broke into her apartment back to his party, she does her little spiel on him. And then they find out she's just like this this very genial housewife. Yeah. She's got a baby. She's pretty normal. It's just a, it's just a side game. Mm-hmm. We all got him. Um, what happens is that... <laughs> with Doris the Dominatrix... Paul sends her out. Paul sends her out. And <laughs> this is pretty funny. He sends her, like, on three errands to find out what's going on with Raul. Number one, he, she goes as a blind nurse, and mm-hmm. she says, you're going to hell because I know you're doing misdeeds. And Raul says, I'm in hell right now, baby. He walks <laughs> off. All cool. Okay. Second try. He sends... Ice he, agent. He, he sends an ICE agent. Funny little scene. He's talking with his other Chicano buddy, and then he's she's like, I'm here from immigration. Let's see your green card. And his buddy's like, all right, man, I'll see you later. <laughs> agent Jets... Uh, and then he's like, I can't even remember how he weasels out of that one. He was just like, you don't know shit. Yeah, and then yeah. she's like, damn, he's right. <laughs> and then the third time she comes to his, her uh, to his house as a medical professional, and she's like, you might have VD. Back in the day, they used to say VD instead of STD because it was venereal disease mm. before they said sexually transmitted disease, or now STI as well. You can't know people get d- diseases from sex. No, 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 no. That's disgusting. The People implica- don't have sex. The implication itself is revolting. <laughs> Stop, please. Um, and then she's like, take these pills, and it's saltpeter, which will make your Peter not work. Uh, so that's their attempt. That's his attempt to sabotage. The, this plot in that regard is, isn't, like, strong. Then they just, there's an ending, and then they, something happens. Saltpeter, this reminds me of RuneScape. Did they have saltpeter and RuneScape? Yeah, man. For one of the fucking <laughs> islands, you have to... Or there's this island with all these different houses, and you have to gain favor with the houses, you know. Do your chores, Wagey. So you have to, like... For one thing, you just have to donate saltpeter to the farmers. I just bought all of it. I was like, fuck it, I'm not mining. All, I'm not getting all this saltpeter. Just bought it and then did trips taking saltpeter to this lady. Anyways, 
They also put, fun fact, they also put, or they used to, I don't know if it's still allowed, saltpeter in cigarettes to make them burn faster so you smoke more. I think they still do that, yeah. They probably still do that. Yeah. Uh, so you're being con. Roll your, grow your own tobacco, guys, and roll it. Jeez. I don't, dude, I don't know if I've ever gone on this rant on the podcast <laughs> before, but seriously, tobacco smokers, you guys can grow this shit. Are you, is it, can you just grow it in your backyard? You can just grow it in your backyard. Maybe it's hard. Um, you can also grow it inside your house. Smelly. No. People take bong rips in their house and you wouldn't even smell it. Well, those people are a different breed. You don't want to be going into the house and it's just the the carpet has just weed smell ingrained into it. Just take it outside. Just out the window at least, please. But yeah, just grow your own tobacco, roll your own cigarettes, and then like... There's still shit for you, but then you have to worry about a lot less. Yeah, like, like the paper it, itself is so cheap. Yeah. Uh, like, have you ever seen one burn? It's like just pure ash. Yeah, so gross. <laughs> just roll your own cigarettes. Use raw papers. Ooh, there you go. Europeans do it. Yeah, Why can't you? is that big there? Yeah, they do it. Yeah. Remember in Pulp Fiction when he comes back from Amsterdam and yep. then he just has a pouch of tobacco and he yep. just rolls all his own cigarettes? Yep. Yeah. I do. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's enough about saltpeter. Uh, that was a saltpeter uh, segment. Of cock, yeah. We'll yeah. have one next week. and That'll be sulfurous. That is saltpeter. <laughs> um, that plot line ends, I'll tell you. Uh, they're like, they get the money for their house uh, because... There's a, okay, there's a great scene. They go to the swingers party, and it's hosted by this guy called Howard Swine. Mm-hmm. And he's just, I guess he's like a Howard, um, uh, Hugh Hefner parody, I think. Also in Death Race. He's also in Death Race as a news guy? Yeah. He's in Death Race as a news guy. This guy's funny. He just has this stupid rhyme he does about <laughs> his dick being hot or something. <laughs> and he just runs around the house. Um, and then uh, Mary goes to the bathroom and she sees this guy uh, who at the bank tried to assault her and she kills him accidentally mm-hmm. well on purpose because he tries to attack her mm-hmm. and he throws her out the window then they're trying to get the money because she tosses him out of the window and so he's over the fence and all the swingers get in the hot tub naked and Howard Swine's like get in my hot tub it's my party you'll yeah. do what I want or get out and Paul says you know um, eat my shorts and he throws like this uh, like I think it's a fly killer like a bug yeah. catcher yeah. and it just zaps all like 50 of them insta in the kills them insta kill and then they get all the money from their wallets and they have like more they got like 30,000 bucks or something and now they have enough to pay off the house do you know what that reminded me of when he insta kills them what it's exactly the same as in Minecraft making mob farms and you gather all the mobs up into one little block, <laughs> throw a splash potion of harming, <laughs> they all just die. Real life mob farming, except <laughs> instead of taking whatever you take from mobs, XP. you get cash. <laughs> it's a good deal, man. Shit. Um, so then they get home and Raul is like, all right, I'm back. Um, you're gonna leave him, Mary. You're gonna be my beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make this into an empire. And then they kill Raul. Yeah. And then the last scene of the movie, they are having their real estate guy over for dinner, and they're like, "Shit, we don't have anything to eat," because they're all mm-hmm. packing up and getting ready to go to the country house to open Paul and Mary's country kitchen. <laughs> and they think, "What can we eat?" Hmm. 
get dinner ready and then james i think it is the real estate agent says hmm, what kind of meat is this and they're like uh it's mexican <laughs> <laughs> he's like this french no more spanish it's amazing what you can do to a cheap piece of meat <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the title comes from bold of them to spoil the movie in the title like search for spock You know what, but like you can't do that movie and not call it Search for Spock, right? Like, what would you call that movie instead? Mm. If you gave me a little bit, I could think of a good title. The thing is, like in Search for Spock, like they're like we're gonna go look Search for Spock. You know, they're gonna find Spock. They're not gonna come up empty-handed at the end of the movie and be like, "Damn, Spock's really dead." And all the Star Trek cast are gonna have to like cope with the consequences of facing oblivion when they die. There is no resurrection. No, that's not fun. That's not happy. Damn it, bring Spock back. No. Did they do eat Ravel though? He's dead. Yeah. And they eat his flesh. <laughs> kind of morbid. But that's the kind of film it is. Here are my problems with the movie. I was okay? just about to ask. The movie's funny. Okay, there's two problems. One, as I said, it's unambitious. And it's not like that's a problem per se, but the movie kind of hits like a kind of monotonous groove at mm-hmm. a point because you get the same kind of jokes. Um, you're kind of expecting it to be dark. The gags and everything are solid. It's just, you know, it's more of the same. And I mean, this movie's only an hour and 20 minutes. So, you know, I mean, they knew when to cut it short. They knew when to... You know, not to drag it out too long, but it doesn't really have, like, those super memorable moments, you know? And especially in a dark comedy, there's, like, those points in the movie where you can really cross the line, Mm -hmm. or you can do something, like, really sinister or something like that, and then it just stays with you, or Mm -hmm. just, like, this gag or something. This movie doesn't quite have that. It's definitely an enjoyable film. That's really only, like, my big qualms with it. It's just, like... It doesn't aspire to that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it doesn't even try to be like a great film. It's just like a clever script and some actors who are seem enthused enough to be part of the picture. Yeah. And a relatively, you know, good hand at the camera. That's about it. Yeah. I guess they didn't have the budget for it, but I was really hoping there was going to be like gore in this yeah. movie. And, like, they could incorporate it in that dry, dark, funny way. There's no gore. Like, he could have... Yeah, there's none. Like, the first guy he kills, you see his him dead laying on the chicken. Mm-hmm. There's not a drop of blood. And it would have been funny for, like, him to have killed that first guy. You know, blood gets on his shirt and then he's like, Oh, now I gotta do the laundry? I just did it last Tuesday. I'm supposed to do it every other two weeks. Like, something like that. Like, you would just make a, a little lame comment, it would, and that would have been funny, like, paired with disgusting gore of this guy getting his head beaten in, you know? Yeah, like, in this instance, and I think I've mentioned on the show, like, I don't like violence for the sake of violence, but that would have been something that would have, like, bolstered the humor. Yeah. Know? Like, the movie is dry, literally. Yeah. Let's get a little bit of that blood flow and let's go. They could have done easy gags. It's probably a budget thing. The yeah. movie is pretty low budget. Do you have the budget on hand? I don't have the budget on hand, but I I read that it was shot in 22 days. 20- Over the course of a year, but still 22 days of, of filming. That was it. There's no like elaborate effects. Like The most elaborate effect is when they blow the car door off with another car. Yeah. That's it. Uh, that's 
people were credited for optical effects in the movie. I was like, fucking where? <laughs> uh, the hippie scene? The hippie scene. I guess they had to rent those lights from somebody, right? Yeah. There's one good cameo in this movie. It's uh, John Landis. He just shows up and blink Blinking, you'll miss it. I did. Yeah. He just bumps into Mary at the bank, and she's just like, oh. And that's it. And that's it. And it's not like, it, there's not even like a direct shot of his face. He just nope. kind of slurs up. That's kind of cool, like, to find out after when we, we rewound it. That was cool. Do you think he was just an extra at that time? No. He he was, no, that wouldn't make sense. Because why would they give him that shot? It doesn't make sense other than right. as, as a cameo shot. Well, because we only went back because Luke was like, that's weird that they would just have. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I just chalked it up like the movie's kind of idiosyncratic. So to have that kind of thing, just, mm-hmm. like, you know, it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird moment where she's like, oh, he bumps into her and then he doesn't say anything. And she's like, hmm. Uh, but no, that's John Landis. I think at that point, like, I'm pretty sure Twilight Zone movie came out like in, in 1980. I could be wrong. He would yeah. he was a director. Yeah. He did American Werewolf in London, like in the late 70s. Yeah. So he was yeah, big yeah, time. yeah, yeah. He was big yeah. time. That was, like, a deliberate cameo, yeah. yeah, for sure. But then I wonder why, like, was he a friend of Paul's? Maybe he just or... was on, like, whatever studio. He just around, yeah, you maybe. Know? That's the way it happens when you work in Hollywood, baby. Oh, look, Brad Pitt just walked on and said, Hey, come be in our movie. Oh, Daniel Craig's here. Okay, you can be a stormtrooper, man. It's all good. We're all having fun. Ha-ha. <laughs> That's it. Uh, the other cameo was um, John Paragon. He plays the sex shop worker or maybe he's the owner of the store and he's just so blatant about shit he's like you're gonna need lube for this dildo okay you need lube do you need titty clamps do you need a blowjob bib what do you need like some guy comes up he's like do you have the latest issue of uh, Nazis and nuns he's like just give me a second he's like next Tuesday yeah (laughs) he reminded me of Tarantino and Pulp Fiction (laughs) he did yeah Jimmy big Jimmy um, yeah, <laughs> he's like, I need a cock ring. He's like, cock ring? Let me see. <laughs> what size like, are you? It's not for me. He's like, medium. It'll be fine. Thank you. That was a good scene. You want cheap? We don't sell cheap here. What you mean is inexpensive. <laughs> he takes offense to that. Like, please. He's a, he's a voice of Dink from Spaceballs. Everyone knows who that is. Not going to explain it. Um, you say Dink and you, you picture him. We know the Dinks. Yeah, we know. We know our Dinks. Oh, I know my dinks. I know my way around a dink, let me tell you. So, Matt, where, how many bags did you get this movie? Bags for this movie? Yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I do the... I don't have to think. It's three out of five bags for me. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> Lucas said it best, and now when he said this before we watched the movie, I was like, fuck off. He's like, <laughs> it's a delightful little film. I was like, get the fuck out of here. It made me a little pissed off. Then watched the movie, I was like, yeah, actually, he was right. <laughs> It was a delightful little film. And that's all it is. I'll watch it again, no problem. It'll be like a fun, like, friend watch yeah, or something like yeah. that. And especially if you don't want something that's too long. Yeah. A- 80 minutes, easy. Yeah. Easy commitment. Two episodes of TV nowadays. That's Pretty it. much. Yeah. Yeah, I'd match that. I'd say six out of ten bags for this uh, movie. Next week, we're doing Escape from New York, John Carpenter's movie. He has to redeem himself after last time. Last time they teamed up Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, we weren't um, ecstatic about it. We were let down, actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day we'll like that movie as much as everyone else does. Big Trouble in Little China, that is. But I have high hopes for this one. Snake Plissken, you know. He's cool. He's got an eye patch. So we'll see you then. Till next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.
If you enjoyed anything you heard today, make sure to stay tuned for weekly episodes available for streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and umfm.com. And don't forget to follow our Instagram page at COP Podcast.